Blessed you, Adonai, our God, King of the universe, who has sanctified us with his commandments and has commanded us to engross ourselves in the words of Torah. Please, Adonai, our God, sweeten the words of your Torah in our mouth and in the mouth of your people, the family of Israel. May we and our offspring and the offspring of your people, the house of Israel, all of us, know your name and study your Torah for its own sake. Blessed you, Adonai, who teaches Torah to his people Israel. Blessed you, Adonai, our God, King of the universe, who selected us from all the peoples and gave us his Torah. Blessed you, Adonai, giver of the Torah. Amen. Okay. So, I, um, I had heard a door. <laughs> Perfect timing. This spot has been saved right here for you. And so, I, um, a couple of days of our last class of 5774, and uh, this Thursday we begin uh, a Shemitah year. Mm-hmm. Pretty excited about that. Um, so, I've got a, a couple of things I'd like to talk about tonight. First is this someone, uh, someone asked. Uh, Are you learning about your faith? Are you growing in your walk? My answer was, yeah. How could we not? I'm thinking, I mean, every time we go through the Torah cycle, we learn stuff. But I think the focus may have been, from at least from this gentleman, um, more apostolic-based. And because we don't tend to go through the apostolic scriptures as much, Perhaps that was the concern. And, you know, how can you learn about your faith if you're not reading the apostolic scriptures, studying and discussing them virtually every hour? Now, I personally don't think that's a necessity, but at the same time, I also think that we probably give less attention to the apostolic scriptures than we ought. Wow, that's 30% of the Bible. 27% at least. There you go. So, to that end... um, We've got a quick question for everybody, and that is, just quick show of hands, do you think over 5774 you've actually learned more about your faith and how to practice it and how to please God than not? How many think, yeah, I did? Okay? How many think, no, I'm pretty much where I was last year? Okay? So, I'd like to change that. And I don't know how to change that, but one way that I'd like us to start okay, is to... I'll learn less. I'm sorry? <laughs> <laughs> he said, okay, I'll learn less. <laughs> less, yeah. 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 Well, that'll fix that one. Yeah. I can start going to church again if you want. So I've got, uh, I've got a list that I made up uh, some time ago uh, called the Hard Sayings of Yeshua, or Jesus. And uh, they're throughout the Apostolic Scriptures, as you might expect. And I'd like us to uh, kind of spend the next couple of weeks, uh, you know, several several times we cannot meet because we're in the midst of holidays or whatnot. But I'd like us to look through those so that we can say, yeah, I I don't think I could defend this. I think the first one there is. Uh, uh, yeah. So I from said that all the time. Yeah, Harris <laughs> Teeter. I mean, you know, all it's a regular deal. So I think. <laughs> that that led that statement actually led to okay. uh, a problem 
that the Jews had to deal with, with the Christian church, uh, certainly in the uh, times of the, uh, before the Inquisition with the disputations and so forth, what was it called? What did blood it, libels. It calls the blood libels, yeah, yeah. Because if we're supposed to eat the blood and uh, drink of the blood and eat the flesh and all that, it's a cannibalism thing. Yeah, and then it was that they were accusing the Jews of doing putting blood in their masa when it was actually the Christians who were eating the flesh of Jesus. And Christian children were the blood, was the blood in the matzah. Right. I mean, this I, is bad. This, I, this is really bad. I saw um, a documentary called um, Obsession, Islam's, Radical Islam's War on the West. And in it, they, sh- they talked about this you know, television show that was televised to you know, millions upon millions of people in the Middle East. And in it, it showed this Arab dressed up as a, as a Jew. He had his payout and hat and everything. And he's like, he walks in all secret-like and everything. And he's like, I need you to give me the blood of a Christian child for the matzah this year. Holy and I mean, they are just hyping up all this propaganda and everything, wow. and they they publicize. I mean, it was nationally televised. Yes, yeah. you know, in I mean, probably worldwide. I mean, it was just, and the do, the entire documentary is is, is astonishing, infuriating, but astonishing. Sure. Yeah. But um, uh, it should be required viewing for all of us. But just made me think of that. It's worth it, man. All right. So, what I'd like to. Uh, to do is prioritize these based on what do we got? Twenty-three of them. Based on which ones you want to talk about first, and which ones we don't really even need to talk about anytime soon, uh, just so I can help prepare. Because we're, I would think, most of the time, we'll do more than one in a class. Uh, but I'd like to review them. I'd like you to be able to defend them. And uh, in most cases. The issue is that people are just taking them out of context. You know, especially this uh, eat the flesh, drink my blood thing. Yes, we, um, I kind of encouraged a couple of guys in this group um, to try and start reading through the episodes. Absolutely. And this year, and um, I'm reading them very slowly, but it's been interesting because what I'm finding is actually a lot of the hardest sayings of Yeshua only make sense in a Jewish context. Absolutely. They actually don't make very much sense at all, even in, even in a non-Christian historical context. But in a Jewish context, the context of the teachings of this or that Rebbe and the Talmud, yeah. it actually makes a midrash. It makes a whole lot more sense. Well, my hope is like that we'll have these 23 laid out, and we'll, we'll be able to put a paragraph together with references for each one of these where it does make sense. But number 16 is a number 16. Example. Without telling the answer why. 16, 16. Actually, for, the, uh, for those watching, telling, number 16 unless, your is, faith, unless your faith can remove mountains, you remain in unbelief. It is a profoundly Talmudic mm-hmm. statement. Yeah. And, and understanding what it is to move mountains is entirely different from the way the Christian church teaches it. Yeah. Entirely, yeah. not even close. Mm-hmm. That, that's a good one. I, I want to. I would like now, to. I wasn't uh, giving that a priority. I was just. I was picking up on what Joshua said. Was simply that some stuff makes context. no sense, and this Zero. one is like it's something I could no brainer. Okay. So let's uh, let's go ahead, and we want to we want to definitely do. What'd you say? Thirteen. 
Seats, is baptism necessary for salvation? Mark 16, 16 yes. seems to appear that it would. Have we got the whole verse there? Yeah, the whole verse. What's it say there? Whoever believes and is baptized will be saved, but whoever does not believe will be condemned. Bam! Oh. Or whoever Seven believes and is not baptized. So there is an in-between yeah. place. <laughs> so we got A, A subprime, so and get baptized, B. But I do right. believe. Okay, yeah. you can hang out in purgatory until you get baptized. All right. Right. 23, faith comes by hearing, and I think the rest is, and hearing by the word of God, is that right? The word of Messiah. Word of Messiah. Really? Really? Yeah. So you want to check that? I'm going to check that. You want to check that? Yeah. Let's check that. Faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. I think it's the word of God, but I got a little correction on the front row. So wait, why is this so hard to say? Faith comes by hearing. Really? The deaf people can't get saved? No, what it means is that it's we have to go to the corners of the world because if you don't go and tell the innocent savage about Messiah, the heavens do not declare the glory of God. Don't wait a second, I'm teaching you. Right after that, say, but they have heard. Yeah, it does. Hey. Where is this list coming from? <laughs> it, it is the word of Christ. The word of Christ? Yeah. All right, we got a little uh, concordance. I, I'm there? pulling Actually, up right there's here. more than one place. It must be right. Is it Romans three? Uh, I believe it's it six. I, this, it I just Romans read Romans five. 10. Actually, yeah, I believe it's Romans, Romans 10, ten, quoting from Romans from Deuteronomy thirty. Well, that does. Like, that's quote from Deuteronomy thirty. Well, that every, it's about to quote from Deuteronomy thirty, or just quoted from Deuteronomy thirty. Is that every word? It is definitely that Christos. Christos. What's that? that? It is definitely Christos. That's how it Christos. is. Christos. Christos. It is a Omicron, not an Omega. Okay, so 23, was that? Oh, boy. Johnny Preston. 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 <laughs> I'm working on it. All right, what Sorry, else we got? 10. 10? Pete's looking at 10. No, he blasphemes against the Holy Ghost would never be forgiven. Oh, that's a good one. Taylor. Taylor. Yeah, Taylor. 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 But isn't that kind of a short Which one? Are these Taylor. full classes? Or blaspheming classes? the Holy Ghost. Yeah, no. uh, yeah, I thought several of these one time. Really? Not, not here. Elsewhere. Yeah. So how do you feel about that one? Um, how many times have you done that? Can I can I do that right now? I mean, am I am I in trouble if I do that? 
do what? If well, it says have, if I do this, I'm in trouble. If they say Holy Spirit in a movie, do you not go to it? No, that's not what it means. That's not what it means? So you can say you don't like the Holy Spirit all you want. That's not what the verse is talking about. That's not what it's talking about. So this is a hard saying, but you seem to have simplified it. It's still incredibly complex, but it's not as simple as people want it to be. It's not just saying, like, I hate the Holy Spirit. It's just not that. It's Isn't actually. Well, I, I, I mean, this, is blaspheme to hate? No, that's the point. It's, uh-huh. it's, not, what that, uh-huh. it's not what that means. Okay, and, so and, we've got, we've got and that. Who or what is the Holy Spirit? Right. Woo! Good question. Yeah, and where, I, I think one of the best things to do with all these and is, is it where God? else. Have I heard this before? That's yes. blasphemy. That's <laughs> on this one, on the, on the last is the Holy Spirit, it actually shows up twice in the Tanakh, but it's not the Holy Spirit that we're talking about. Oh. Ah. Okay, put um, Joshua down for that one, no, too. Yeah, I like five. I want five. Josh, five Josh is my favorite. Spurlock. Yeah, five yeah, more good yeah, questions. Yeah. So you can co-teach with uh, the Tango Tango there. Uh, what about number five? Is everybody... I love five. For you love five. I love five. five you, you've got two minutes that you love already. I'm sorry. Rick, what do you think about number five? Can you, can you just pontificate on that now, or do you need some time? You want me to tell you the answer right now? I thought that was against the law. There's, there's a game. There's well, number a game said, in number the wall. six said the law was added so that your trespasses might increase. No, no, the gate of the gate the, the, you know, no, the the wall. Those, it's, yeah, it's, those it's camels good. had to kneel. Dead gummit. Is this another series we're doing? Yes. It's a series. Oh, okay. series. You lost? Series. I mean, oh, series. Like series. We're doing it. He doesn't even like that one. These are classes? These are classes. I was like, afraid right of that? Now? No, you're not right up. now. <laughs> yeah, you're signed I was up. afraid of that. No, no, no. I'll 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 be prepared to wing things along, but I you know if we you could do talk, more than one of these at a time. Oh, I yeah. just said that. Oh, there's <laughs> nobody listening to me tonight. I, I, you listening I, to me? I, I know I he's listening. I whole I'm gonna go. Everybody stand up and look at the iPhone six. There it is. Alright. I have a Bible program here. That's right. He's working. This is not so the Bad. only I'd be willing to look at number six. He bought it because he wrote the program. Six. Right. So look yeah, at the Bible program. Right. Twenty-three and six. Six. The law was added so that the trespass might increase. Well, the increase was added so that the might might pass trespass. <laughs> All right. Any others here that? I mean, what we're looking at is is either you know you love this particular topic and want to help discuss it, or you feel inadequate. I, I just don't know how I would defend that to my Christian friends, to those still in the expression that is used in Harris Teeter. The violent the take the kingdom by force. force. Oh yeah! Oh yeah! It's, it's a Glock train team. <laughs> Slaughter them and put them in the cracker. <laughs> yeah. But as long as there's no leaven in the crack. That's right. Oh, that's right. I mean, let's get it right. No leaven, just oh a little blood. So was this the entire? Was this the verse that fueled the entirety of the Crusades? So the only truly hard saying here would be number one, right? That's actually scripture says this is a hard. This is a hard saying. saying. Any man I accepted. think. One of the hardest things that I well, now, if you're talking about what can it be accepted, I mean, we got to talk about no, John, John the Baptist. He was, he was Elijah. If 
Well, if you can if accept, you can accept it. it. If he can't, then he wasn't. That one actually is one of the, not that particular verse, but John the Baptist is one of the ones that's the hardest to understand. Is that weird passage where John's disciples come to Yeshua, and Yeshua says, um, no man born among women is more blessed than John, but he who is least in the kingdom is greater than he, and you're like, what? what does that even mean? <laughs> yeah, I love I love what he says to the disciples. Tell him what you're seeing. This right. has happened. This has happened. Well, this has happened. I get all of that. Happened. It's the and I'm thinking, ending. That's and, I, and I'm thinking about John. Crap! I forgot to look at what we were seeing. <laughs> right. Guys got nothing to do but think. But John's doing that stuff too. That's true. Well, not yeah. all of it. Anything else here? Okay. Oh, oh, did we find them? Who can help me right now with number four? Proverbs 25, Romans 12, heat burning coals on the head. Read the Talmud and the Pirkei Avot. What's it mean? Read the entirety of the Talmud in order to understand No, but it's, it's in the Talmud. Everything's in the town. <laughs> yeah. Everything else, Taylor has already memorized. Good, then I'll just refer you to the town. That's, there it is, yeah. <laughs> CF Talmud. CF Talmud. Babylonian. Bobly. So what's, what is the deal there? What, what is that, uh, what's the deal about burning burning coals on their heads? What's, what's up with that? Being nice to your enemy. Being nice to your enemy? Is that is that nice? Why would it be nice? No, I mean, that's, that's what results from being nice to your enemy. So what results by being nice to my enemy is that he dies? You're, you're kind of giving him a, a, a burn. Give him a burn. <laughs> yeah, like an enemy okay. burn. Okay. <laughs> I don't think that means they, death. Didn't they, didn't they carry the coals? Didn't they carry the coals on their heads? Or I don't know. If, you or read, if you read one of the references, that was a proverb, but there's also a reference thing in Psalms to this. It definitely looks like it's judgment, not it's, a it, positive. It doesn't thing. appear to be a positive thing for the guy getting the cold. No. Since the 1970s, the Christian culture has oh. taught this as a PCs. good thing. Yes. Because people carry coals in their heads. Right. Africans do, but I don't think Jews do. Okay. Or if they do, that's not what he's talking about. But but you wouldn't want to keep them on there. Right. Keep them? It's like, give me one. Whoa, stop, stop, stop. No, I got my Yeah, you know. How many of you actually Christian. have seen God spell? How about Jesus Christ Superstar? I have. I've seen them all. I sang them. That's right. That's right. Jesus Christ Superstar. Who are you? Okay, so you guys don't know this. I know it. Wow. Well, if you look at the context of this particular proverb, yes. Proverbs, like know. most uh, Jewish poetry, tends to run in like Chiastic. couplets, Chiastic. a little a chiastic pat pattern, but it doesn't always have to be exact. Yeah, it's usually pattern. You, you look at the pattern and it continues. Well, in that particular pattern, verse 20 says, like one who takes off a garment on a cold day or like vinegar on soda. This would be a moronic. <laughs> right. Is he who sings songs to a troubled heart. Right. Then it says in verse 23, this is right after your little passage, it says, 
The north wind brings forth rain and a backbiting tongue and angry countenance. So we bookend this little parable with two very negative things. And then it says, if your enemy is hungry, give him food to eat. And if he is thirsty, give him water to drink. For you will heap burning coals on his head, and the Lord will reward you. So you see these negative things on kind of both sides. It's like doing something um, kind of icky. And then the Lord will reward you. I don't know. To me, it just seems like there's a contrast there. There's supposed to be this, this is good, this is bad. God, you are doing something good. God's doing something good for you, but the wicked get judged. But if you're doing something good, then putting the coals was good, and that's why you're being rewarded. Careful. Evil, so if you're doing the, good, right. the context of Romans actually helps explain it more. Because at, the verse afterwards says, oh, do not be overcome yeah. by evil, but overcome, overcome evil, evil with, with good. good. And that's exactly what you're doing by being good to someone that is evil. So burning the coals, heaping them on their head is a good thing. Well, I, I always thought of that as like, that's ba it, it's basically more severe punishment if somebody wrongs a righteous person, as opposed to just any old person. Okay. So in this case, so you being righteous the, would make it a the more coals severe is a judgment. Um, it, it, well, it's the God that's doing it, so it doesn't really matter. Oh, so, so it's like heaping coals, it's not actually... Keeping yeah. it I forgot. Okay, it was in Psalms. I'm looking at the wrong thing. Psalms is the one that I was wanting. I'm so sorry. Um, in Psalms 140, verse 10, David, who's very famous for his diatribes, um, is talking about the wicked. And he says in verse 9, as for, those of, as for the head of those who surround me, may the mischief of their lips cover them. Verse 10. May burning coals fall upon them. May they be cast into the fire, into deep pits, from which they cannot rise. Right. So Solomon learned this from his dad. Solomon gets this from his dad. Burning coals is not good. It's not good. Well, now it's good that go, you well, go back. You do it. Go back Are to the last thing. Prophet. Are we to heap burning coals on their heads? No. Or is doing good to them like yes. Yes. that? Yes. So we're not heaping coals. No. It has no. nothing to do with putting coals on oh, their head. Right. Whether they carry coals on their head or not is irrelevant. Only Africans carry coals in their head. Yeah. <laughs> so, I always thought of it like So, David says this is unbelievably unpleasant. Mm. <laughs> right? I don't know if that has anything to do with this one. But that doesn't have anything to do with it? Well, does that have anything to do with this one? That sounded like... It's the same phrase. Coals, almost. I mean, yeah, but this is like There's each one option. says like for you know for by doing so it's like as a result rather than as a like, result of doing this it's because it's like it probably says this. something similar about Sodom and Gomorrah too but I don't know if like you know okay does it say something about Sodom and Gomorrah no oh no no, 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 no I'm just, just saying like I I mean just, the phrasing doesn't necessarily mean that it follows like the doing good part just because the coals are similar doesn't mean how it resulted is similar. So in this case, it's doing good. And yes. in the case of the Psalms, David's just kind of saying that. He's just kind of saying that. Yeah. I don't know. I think he's, he's using the same phrase first. that Paul is using. Paul made it up? Well, no. Well, his, Paul got his, it from the scriptures. This is included with, like, other things, not just coals okay. in the psalm. Okay. But I, I think All the right. thing is... I so, think wait, 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 let me, let, me, let me see if I get this thing on one sec. So, you're saying... When we do good to the evil person, 
it results in good to us and judgment to fund them. Yes. And you're saying that as well. That as well. Yes. There we go. Based on yeah. And Romans. Paul is also hard to understand. So <laughs> guys. So we're in agreement there. Yes, sir. The problem with PCC yes. is the trying as we all do, because everybody just picked up on the burning coals and everybody else and I mean I'm not to say we forgot it, but the focus becomes the burning coals and not the other side. Right. It's our responsibility to do good to those who treat us poorly. Yeshua did this in the, in the Beatitudes. He says, be thankful, be joyful when you come under persecution. Yes. What? Okay, because why? Because your reward will be great. I mean, all the way through the Beatitudes, it talks about the reward. Absolutely. So the point is that this takes the evil people's reward away. Right. And gives it. And gives it to the righteous. So when you do good to the evil, you get the reward that that guy, well, he wasn't going to get anything anyway. But do you understand? Yeah. There's a, your there's your a, reward is there's magnified. A, there is a cosmic transfer right. of merit. Good. By when you do good, you're basically taking away. If he, if he continues to evil to you, you're, taking, you're digging him an even deeper hole. Well, any, any reward he would have would be in this world. And right. even that may be granted but to you in this world. If we believe the judge is a good judge, and I hope we do, we understand that the judge is not only judging at the final judgment, that he's judging all the time. Day by which day. means that this difficulty this man may have, or woman may have, with burning coals being heaped on their head, may bring them to repentance. Amen. Yes. Amen. We are commanded to do good, especially to whom? Our enemies. Our enemies. Oh, love one another. We are to do good, especially to those of the oh, household of yeah. faith. Right, right. right? So that, we're that doing good sense, so. to one another, doing good for your right. enemy, yeah. it is one of the marks that we all, we belong to the Master. Right. That's one of our marks, is that we always do good. We do good even when we're wrong. And there just happens to be a little bit of reward here, and maybe a little diss on the guy who's doing evil to us in spite of the fact that we're doing good. Right. I don't know about you, but as I get older, that's not exactly an easy thing to do. Maybe I'm just getting grumpy. Or maybe, you yeah. know, it's a dietary thing, but not enough fiber. But sometimes I just don't feel like doing good. But you, but you actually, you, you touched on the reason why pop Christian culture for the last... 40 years has has tended to try and turn this around. And the reason why is because it seems like it's much more important that you have the right attitude. And if your attitude is, I'm doing this because it's good for you, uh, that's much more important than just doing good. That is actually not biblical. All that matters is you did good. Right. What your attitude, what you're thinking about it was, is immaterial. And is completely made up. That's right. If you try and find well, it. Yeah, try good. and figure out what your attitude was anyway. Yeah. <laughs> I really intended this to be good for him. I hope this really hurts him. <laughs> That's right. Yes, sir. Um, the, uh, yeah. I, I do think, though, that one of the things Judaism, this is what Judaism, I think, helps shed light in this passage. Because Judaism teaches that um, in this life, the wicked receive the reward yes. in the life to come, the righteous receive theirs, and that God actually does good to the wicked now 
to take away their reward from the life to come because exactly. he is just. So if they do a good deed, they should receive something Absolutely. good for it. So ironically enough, by doing good to the wicked, if they don't repent, you have become their reward. That the good thing you did just stole their reward in the world to come. On the flip side, by doing good to the wicked, this is really the focus of the passage. The focus of the passage is actually not what you do to the wicked. That's right. But the focus of the passage is that you receive reward. So when you do good, when there's no reason, and when, more importantly, when they are repaying you with evil, you are suffering your punishment that you would have perhaps suffered elsewhere, here, right now, and your reward is only growth. So it's a double offset, right. which is really pretty It's the cool. beatitude. It's but awesome. there's no way to get that type of understanding, as you pointed out, without knowing what, what I would say, what the Bible teaches about this world, the days of Messiah, True. and the world to come. If you don't really understand it, and you just think, when I die, to be absent from the, from the body is to be present with the Lord, and I'm going to be in heaven, sitting beside... I mean, now there's going to be three chairs. There's the throne that the Almighty sits on. There's the, the Son, who's got a chair but never sits down because he's standing up praying for me. Oh, but he does sit because he's really not on the Yom Kippur thing, so he gets to sit. And then there's another chair for me while we wait for the whole time thing to end. <laughs> Wait, you have to sit in the chair? I get to sit in his lap. <laughs> yeah, right, in his lap. I forget. That's right. Abba Father. Yeah. yeah. Go ahead. I was just going to... This took a while for me to get straight in my head, but as a point of clarification to what Mr. Sprock was saying, like, it's usually... It, it's more of, like, the order of things, so it's not necessarily that intention means nothing, because the goal is always for your intention to match your actions, sure. but it's how you start. Like, do you right. start with trying to have a good attitude, and then once that happens, you do good? Maybe. No. Yeah. The, the way, like, you're, saying, you're always <laughs> supposed to start by doing. Amen. I, it was it funny changes too. your attitude. Yeah. It was really funny, too, because I, I heard a rabbi say, in regard to that, and I've never heard this before, but he said, fake it till you make it. Like, in terms of joy, That's in terms great. of like you know faith and kavanah and uh, yeah. all these things, it's like fake it till you make it. Do it until it, it actually starts affecting How you. How cool is that? Just cool. And, and it's not the kind of counsel you'd receive in the visible expression of the church today. But you the, I, that idea just does makes no sense. I have to feel great about things, and I have to have my theology all straight before I'll actually start to implement it. And there's no requirement for implementation. Therefore, I can live like hell, but think really good. Actually, if you don't, if you don't have it fixed here first, and if you try to live like it, then you're sinning worse. Yeah, it's better, it's better right. to sin than to, than to try to oh, do it. Oh, yeah, that's not. a good one. Go ahead, Colby. On the righteousness of Greg and Morgan's parenting, I got the pleasure of sitting Sophia, Michaela, and I this Sunday night. And literally, it was pure Judaism in a nutshell. There was about three times where Sophia was like, sorry, time to go. Got to pick up blocks. World ended. Just blitz, tears. But then she starts picking up blocks. And the whole time, she's just crying, picking up blocks. Like, forgot one. (laughs) And this happened with blocks. It happened with chalk. And it happened with a cup. And I was like, you're incredible. You're incredible, and I was like, "I wish I could do this." That's right. I was this. It was literally the most beautiful. It was it was a perfect example of obedience. Amen. And she was one. How much? One, two, two. It was absolutely. It was the most incredible thing I've ever seen. Praise God. Good job. Good job. I like. Okay, so that was a great discussion. So I'd like us to. Uh,
I'll, I'll lay these out so that we can get some reading assignments ahead of time so you can read everything in context. And if one of you wants to step up and, and uh, do the primary uh, discussion rolling, that'd be great. If not, I'm more than willing to take it, but I'd really like us to spend a little bit more time, at least in the beginning of the year, uh, in the Apostolic Scriptures. So um, I am hoping that you're going to step to the plate at some point and lead a discussion on that question you asked your mother, which I think is amazing. Is it on the side? Yeah. That's good. That's good. No, that wasn't it, though. So Peter is sitting yeah, at the table. Yeah. <laughs> Are you really my mom? Yeah. No. Um, so Peter looks at, Peter looks at, uh, at Alan and I, and, and uh, he's really focusing on Alan, and he says, uh, what is the opposite of pleasure? Oh, that one. Yeah, I kicked this joke. And Alan and I were like, Don't answer. Don't answer. <laughs> they have no faith in you. That's right. No, we knew exactly. You know, we just knew that. You know, he had this deep truth. Um, so just let me go around the thing. If you know the answer, is don't say. What do you think the opposite? Top of your head. There's no right or wrong right now. There is a right or wrong, and, and you'll be foolish, but it's okay. Um, cool hat, by the way. Thank you. Um, what What would you say is the opposite of, of pleasure? The opposite of pleasure would be displeasure. Displeasure. Apathy. Apathy. You just are a weird guy. I mean, yes. there's no two ways about it. She probably would have said pain. Pain. Opposite of pleasure is pain. That's the first thing that went through my head, yeah. right? I either have pleasure or I have pain. Unpleasant pleasure. Which is pain. the definition. And what did you say? Displeasure. Yeah. You're weird, too. Well, <laughs> it, 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 I'd like a can of displeasure, please. <laughs> Does that come with anything? Yeah, I'd like the mocha twist with that. Yeah. So anyway, um, I'm hoping that Pete will just lead a discussion. I mean, it's a real easy class, nice, easy chat time, but um, the answer that he gave at the table was truly... I will not steal his thunder. But, but I can tell you that it was... I mean, these, these are the types of, of answers that we came up with. Displeasure, right? I didn't think of that. That's good. This is the goal of that, you remember? This is the uncool. It's large, round, juicy. Put the lime in the coconut and shake it all together. Unpleasure. Displeasure. That's not unpleasure. Yeah, that's great. So, anyway, Pete did a great job. So, I hope we can get that soon. Like before Hanukkah would be good. Since I think you're not having as much time. Second night of Hanukkah? It's pretty close. Yeah. Second night of Hanukkah. Whew. Tearing him away from the girl. It's gonna be tough. But there it is. Alright. So that's that. Um you have not led a discussion on anything yet. And I recognize that you're shorter than almost everybody here. Not now. But, but not anymore, right? Yeah. So Think of a topic, get up and lead a discussion. You don't have to be an expert, just lead a discussion. So take some take some time with it. Seriously, take some time with it and just practice. If you're going to defend your faith and if you're going to lead discussions and stuff, whether it be for men, with men of God or with pagans, there's no better place than to practice here where everybody loves you anyway. And nobody's going to mess with you because your dad's going to be sitting here and they'll smack you. You should do the unequally yoked one.
Mm. That's a really cool one. It I mean, is a cool one. These are all really cool. These are all really cool. Very cool. Right? And, and you can hear a sermon. I mean, you and I have talked about this before. You can hear a sermon on any one of these in pulpits all around the planet. Absolutely. That will come from every possible angle you could ever think of, and then some. Except the Jewish. Except probably the Jewish <laughs> perspective, or, or what we would consider to be, hopefully, the biblical perspective. Right? Good. Just one thing. It's not... Unjewish to take a verse and apply it eternally, and to take a verse and talk about it yeah. for a long period of time. I agree with sure. that. It's the unJewish thing that's like <laughs> yeah. the displeasure. The displeasure. That's that's weird. Too. It's kind of it's kind of everything yeah, Jewish right. is not right, but everything that doesn't want to be Jewish. Wrong. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So let me close up with it. What time are you at? At seven fifty. Seven fifty one. Perfect. All right. So I have nine minutes. So real quick. Thursday is the first day of the year. So I would I would ask you now to just help me to understand what is my reflection supposed to be on that day. Besides the fact that I have to prove to Taylor that I actually can blow the shofar longer than he can. Besides that, what what's it all about and what is it we're gonna be what is it we're gonna be doing? And why? What's what's the deal? Because if there's anybody who's there at the lake on Thursday that should know, especially for the I think what do we get? Twenty twenty community members coming and at least twenty guests. So there'll be 20 people there that may have no clue what we're doing and why. So what is it we're doing? Don't pontificate for 30 minutes. Just give me a short snap. Go. Well, I, I'm sure other people have as good or better things, but for me, when I when I look at it, it is a, just like Passover and Shavuot are paired. Yeah. Um, Tied together. Rosh Hashanah and, and Yom Kippur are as well. Uh, Rosh Hashanah is our even though we've had the month of Elul, it is Rosh Hashanah when the when the clock starts, when our when our um, when the judgment for and against us is being tallied, and we have ten days. Now that's a that's an unbelievably non-Christian type scenario. Absolutely. Absolutely. In the in the Christian church, I was always taught that it's appointed for once mm-hmm. for a man to die, and then the judgment. And there's really no judgment going on while I'm alive. Well, I can back it off a little bit. And here's the way I would back it off. I would say Rosh Hashanah is we have a king approach, a coronation, as it were. Okay. We have the trumpets and, and everything. And on Yom Kippur, the king, we hopefully don't just learn, but he's also a judge. Right. And, and so it are, we have an opportunity in the presence of the king to make sure that we are worthy subjects. Okay, so we, we speak of the king being in the field for the month of Elul, one more, two more days, whatever it may be, and you know he's wanting to meet with his subjects, be known, etc., and he'll be crowned king, and then will be judged. Because there's a, in Messianic circles especially, there's a misunderstanding, well, maybe not Messianic, but anyway, there's a misunderstanding that the years, what is the real new year? Uh, it was like, oh, no, no, the real new year is, is, is Aviv. And uh, Aviv. I think it's six thousand twelve or something. Yeah, weird. Yeah, anyway, but the point here is that that the Bible actually has multiple New Years, really sure. does, sure. and that 
it wasn't Babylonian or even Egyptian that the new year was right. at Rosh Hashanah. It's biblical. It's truly biblical. But what new year is it? It's the new year of kings. Amen. So it is the it is the time of the coronation of a king is at Rosh Hashanah. Good. All right. So before you go, I think it's important, especially for the uh, the folks in Gastonia that may be watching, to understand that the fact that God is judging or making some type of judgment on His subjects throughout the year while we're still alive is not a non-biblical concept. Surely we do believe that he is working with us to perfect us. We are working out our salvation with fear and trembling. Why would it be with fear and trembling? Unless there's someone else who's working on the other side of the coin wanting to conform us into the image of his son. This seems to be an ongoing process that we call sanctification. So whatever you want to call it, However you want to meet it out, there's some kind of judgment happening from on high that says, good, Rick, maybe not good enough. Let us work on this this year. That seems to me to fit with my Christian theology. Yes? Yes. I got you. Hang on. One of the neat aspects of Rosh Hashanah would be Teshuvah and we think of Shiva as just repentance, but that's not really what it means. That that is part of it, but it's not the full picture. Shiva really is returning to the source. So you're in part returning back to God based upon your actions of, of straying away from him, but you're also returning to the source of you. Um, you're returning to who you really are because God has created you as we to pray every morning, a pure soul. And so you're returning back to that, undoing the layers of gunk that you have put on yourself, mm -hmm. uh, getting past that, undoing that, and so that you can stand before Hashem on that day um, clean. Clean, uh, or at least desperate to be clean. Okay, good. Outstanding. A, a, a totally different perspective than than what my Christian friends might think, right? It's, it's all an attitudinal adjustment to start afresh or as or a desire to be afresh and to be cleansed by him to walk and give it another shot. Hang on one sec. Did you have something? Yeah, um, just to kind of dovetail off what he was doing there because that's where I was going to go with it. It's not only the opportunity for repentance, but it's for us to become more the person that God wants us to be after all. You know, if, if God forced us to do these things, if God forced us to repent or God forced us to do these things, he's not God because we don't have free will. He wants us to choose him, and, and that's the whole point of it all. He wants us to, to choose him, and in doing so, you know, there's repentance involved. As Amen. Well. Good. Um, that reminds me, another class that I was hoping you would kind of lead at some point or get someone else to lead would be those four words that, you know, we have all backwards anyway, like oh, prayer. Repentance. Remember? Yeah, the three so T's? The what? The three T's. Three T's? I thought it was four. Was only three? So three T's. Three T's. PJ's. Pleasure. PJ's. What was that? Pleasure. Pleasure, yeah. Pleasure. Um, non 
Pleasure. Any displeasure? Is displeasure, that's right. Displeasure. That was the perfect non answer. The perfect non answer. Yes, it was. It's perfect. perfect non <laughs> Since he asked you first, that's I tell him. That's right. Holy cow. And he's already set you up by saying, you'll be wrong. That's right. Yeah. No pressure, though. That's right. I take displeasure in doing this. Just on what Taylor was saying, you know. Theoretically, it's kind of like, well, shouldn't that be like throughout the entire year? Sure. I mean, you know, trying to get back to God, daily, to Shuva, daily obviously. Cleaning. But sure. the reason that it matters more around this time is because of the two things that are mentioned about these holidays in Scripture. Because the first is Yom Teruah, or the day of like Low. blowing, right. you know, which is which is the alarm and the call to repentance. And then you have the Day of Atonements. So both, scripturally speaking are heavily focused on those things that he said. Despite that they're taking place throughout the year, this is the time where yeah. God is yeah. commanding them to be celebrated and participated in. So, so in, in perhaps in the same way that the other feasts are, as it were, a dress rehearsal for a future culminating final feast, would, would, you, would you say that here as well? That Yom Teruah and Yom Hakipurim are foretends or portends of a future time where this is the last one. If you've had 59, 65, 72, whatever number of them there are, and this is the last one because the angel of death is going to find you sometime during this year. Yeah. The dwelling of God. There it is. Sukkot. Amen. Good. Good. Other comments? That's good stuff. I. My desire would be that we can articulate this pretty easily, you know, when we're sitting with folks that don't know what's going on. And if you take off a Thursday in the middle of the week in September, people are wondering, what's up with that? You know, you could be wearing a cool hat. You could be wearing a kippah. You could be not wearing anything on your head. You could be wearing ziti. You could, you could have no outward indication of an inward faith whatsoever. But when you take a Thursday off in the middle of September... People wonder. And it's good to have some kind of a response. So I'd like to be able to give this audio out and suggest that people listen to this as well. Yes? Um, to that point, I'd like um, just encouragement from you know your family's daughters and, and wives, especially to Gabby. This will be her first um, time joining us for Rosh Hashanah and Tosh Lee. And, cool. uh, and just you know, sit down with her, ask her a couple questions, ask her what does she think, and Ask her, does she understand this part of it? I mean, I'm, I'm doing my best to prepare her as well. Sure. But, you know, it's not always the same coming from... It's know, never the same. It's never the same. It's always better if it comes from outside. Exactly. So um, that would be my, my prayer to you guys. Um, please. I mean, she's, she's very approachable. She's awesome. And um, she's a little shy. That's all. Just, um, you know, have your wife or, you know... Those of you who have daughters, you know. Cool. We'll do it. Also, Rosh Hashanah is when your uh, following year's annual income is determined, so you may want to step let, up the game, buddy. Yeah, one day to stack up a little more mirror. That's right. That's right. Yeah. All right. Mm. Anything else? Final comments? That last comment, by the way, is actually really cool because one of the one of the things that it really helped me out with was not freaking out when when 
weird stuff happens with your income because it's all been predetermined anyway. It's all been predetermined anyway. Based on free will. You have these days, yeah. Well, Absolutely. But you have these days, you know, where something just totally out of nowhere happens, car breaks down, air conditioning breaks, but you know, insert medical problem, whatever. And you're thinking to yourself, how am I gonna take care of this, you know? And it's like, God will provide. I don't necessarily know how, and it may require some unpleasantness in the near future, but displeasure. Displeasure. A little bit of displeasure, everybody. That's but, what it is. But God will provide. I think that's really cool. So like, ironically Touché. enough, that God determines it in Rosh Hashanah sounds kind of scary, and it is, but at the same time, it's reassuring. Amen. That's exactly right. There's some years I've gone, wow, what did I do last year? I need to do it Do again. that again. Yeah. Mm. I hear you. <laughs> Unbelievable. <laughs> All right. I want to encourage you, if, uh, if you've got opportunity to invite anyone to Tashlik, I do think it's a, uh, it is a very, very cool time. And it's so relaxing. It really is just such a neat time of fellowship, introspection. And then, uh, and I, I think for the first year, it's actually going to be below 90 degrees. Last year was pretty... I think it melted yeah. all the wax out of my ears. Was it was just running right out. I think it's going to be below 80. Yeah. I don't even know if I can get to I don't know. I yeah. wish I'd never heard that. <laughs> yeah. What? Uh, yeah. Yeah. That's it. So you'll remember that. Yeah. Why it's so hot you can hear that whistle going. And it's dripping. All right. Gentlemen, may you taste of the sweetness of the world to come in this life. May you see your children's children come to faith. May your end be with the life of the world to come and your deeds affect the hope of many generations. May your heart ponder and achieve understanding of Torah. May your mouth speak wisdom to everyone you meet. And may your tongue bring forth song as you praise the Holy One. Blessed is He. May you have the self-control to look straight before you. May your eyes be enlightened by the light of the Torah. And may your face shine like the brightness of the sky. May your lips utter knowledge, your heart rejoice in righteousness, and your feet run to hear the words of the ancient of days. Thank you, gentlemen. God bless you. Thank you. Thank you. That was a good year.